Welcome to SKUcast, the podcast for entrepreneurs in the promotional products industry. SKUcast shines a light on our industry's best work, features maverick personalities, and discusses what's really involved in running a modern promotional products business. SKUcast is the official podcast of Common SKU. The distributor salesperson needed this elegant, easy way to create a shop as easily as they could build a product presentation. If you would have told me this even two or three years ago, I'd have been, you're crazy. There's no way. What the distributor principal or owner needed was the tools to empower the salespeople to take on any shop opportunity and run with it completely without the additional overhead and burden of the specialists. But also the distributor principal needed more tools so that they could build into their business that true entrepreneur's company which attracts more and more salespeople. It says, you know what, I like that tool. I want to come work for these people because they make my life easy. Last month, we had over 8,000 listens of this podcast. And I just want to say on behalf of the team, thank you for your support and for allowing us to join you on your entrepreneurial journey. In over 107 episodes, we've rarely, almost never, talked specifically about features of CommonSkew. We always highlight our customers and our friends first, but we've just released something that has been in high demand for a long time, and we're excited to share in a brief episode this new feature called Shops. Hi, friends. I'm Bobby Leehew, the Chief Content Officer at CommonSkew. And in this episode, Mark Graham, CommonSkew's Chief Platform Officer, and I provide an overview of Shops. And our purpose is, as always, with our events and our platform, to help you grow dramatically and efficiently and to put fun back into business again. Real quick, SKU Camp, our business boot camp held at the Ace Hotel in Pittsburgh is going to be a blast. It's intense learning combined with community and open sharing, and it's selling out quickly. You can learn more and grab those remaining tickets at skewcamp.com. And now, I'm honored to be a part of this great crew and to be a friend and member with you of this community of over $650 million in revenue. Our mission is to double the size of the industry, and we'll keep rolling out resources like shops to help fulfill that mission. Here's Mark Graham to kick us off. For 25 years, you worked at Robin Promotions, which was noted for its leadership in company stores. Can you talk to me a little bit about your experience in building and navigating company stores while you were at at your distributorship? Yeah, sure, sure. There have always been traditionally two types of stores or shops, the fairly straightforward and then the extraordinarily complex. So we'll call the fairly straightforward a shop and we'll call the extraordinarily complex a company store. So, you know, fairly straightforward where these requests like a bank wants to celebrate a mile marker with their employees, give everyone a gift. Camp wants to collect T-shirt orders for their campers. I know that our right sleeve has dealt with that. Manufacturing company wants to create a small incentive program. Maybe the marketing department just wants an easy way to order apparel for everyone in the company. Or, you know, sales director wants to make sure reps have all the new apparel for the season. Whatever The, the list goes on and on. The use, use cases are many. The extraordinarily complex store, though, it's almost a different type of business. So the, the ones I just mentioned were kind of straightforward. But there's this other model that is very complex. These stores involve multiple products, like outside, even outside of traditional promo, like variable data printing, digital products like ads, video. I mean, these stores are also very inventory dependent. It's meaning the store might not be all inventory, but it requires some commitment of inventory and fulfillment. Then there are these complicated approval rules for checking out and multiple checkout options, purchase orders for shoppers. It's kind of confusing. And these stores really are about materials management. They're in the logistics business. These folks are kind of more materials management business than they are the promotional merchandise business. The promotional merchandise or merchandising part of it is just a small sliver of an overall 
materials management operation. This complicated model serves a very important need for very large companies. It's also a very small part of the market. Whereas the fairly straightforward store, which is just a quick and easy shop, is the majority of the market. I think that distinction between those two types of stores slash shops, I think, is really critical. And at your time when you were at Robin, you focused more on the latter because right. you had uh, the logistics and warehousing savvy to be able to go to market as a materials management type distributorship as right. opposed to a merchandising style distributorship. Exactly. So, and, and, and what was nice about that opportunity for you is that there weren't many people and there aren't many people in the, in the industry that have the wherewithal, that have the capital requirements, that have the right. savvy to be able to pull that off. Yeah, but, that, yeah. but that was squarely the world you were in. I just wanted to clarify that. Right, right. And I would have through the years, as you and I know, teaching about uh, in the industry and b just being well connected with folks, I'd get calls all the time from distributors who would call me and say, hey, I've got a customer and they're wanting to do this thing. Does he want to do the store? And I've never done this before. Right. And of course, I would have to unpack that with them. And, and if it was something like that complicated model, I don't even know where to begin with them because right. the infrastructure was so intense. How do you start to build a monolithic building like that for one customer. The materials management company, for example, who does company stores, they usually partner with a complex platform or they build it themselves or yep. more to the truth, they have a Frankenstein version of the two. Yep. And then, but they also build this specialty team inside, this was our experience, who are experts at stores. They have this complicated but decent response to that small yet highly demanding part of the market. Yep. They also have higher operating costs because it's also a decent, robust internal system. It's messy, but it can handle the most complicated parts of the business. Yep. But one of the problems we've, we always had was when that fairly straightforward shop opportunity comes along, which again is the majority, even those of us that are in the materials management side have trouble because we, have, we would have a fairly involved process for setting up a store. Suddenly right. we have our team involved in a, in, a, in a much smaller program opportunity, if you want to call it that even. And yep. ironically, it costs us more to respond to the majority of the demand because we didn't have an efficient way to pop something up. Yeah, no, I, I, isn't that interesting, right? It's like almost like you were taking your big company store mindset and mentality and jamming that into, uh, or maybe applying that, I should say, into uh, a much smaller uh, opportunity that that really uh, required nimbleness, uh, yeah, creativity, exactly. like right, this right, lightness right. That, yeah. that, that didn't diminish the product for the end customer. But at, but at the same time, it's interesting, there's this mismatch between the larger complex store versus the lighter weight, uh, potentially higher margin shop. One thing that we haven't talked about yet is the demand side on the customer's uh, demands and expectations. Those, those changed. I watched those change through the years. A customer would come to us and this is what they would say in their own words. They'd say, I want to store for my employees, salespeople, colleagues, whatever it is, but I don't want inventory and I don't want to pay for it. Sometimes yeah. they would be, they'd be vague, but that's, but sometimes they'd be very direct about it. Yeah. Um, so they would say, I want something free, easy, and yet customizable. And the, the problem was there were just little to no real solutions in place to answer that demand from the customer. Yeah. You can answer some parts of it. But, you know, on the supply side, as I mentioned, it required, for us, it required expertise. It actually required a technologist. Even if it isn't someone who's an expert at store technology, it was at least someone on staff who dedicated their time to set up these stores and manage these. And then on the supply side, you had salespeople who are navigating the customer relationship. They're used to responding to their customers quickly with resources and partners themselves. And suddenly with a store, 
everything would come to a screeching halt or slow down because now they have to turn to their internal team of experts and salespeople would be aggravated and they couldn't respond to solution. I actually had to keep salespeople away from store opportunities. Yeah. When the customer's really asking for something quite simple, hey, I want an easy way to give 200 employees an option to buy a shirt. This is also why, uh, for those that have been doing stores and know this, it's an old rule and many of us have been passing it around and it's actually not true anymore. The old rule was don't do a company store unless the client's going to do more than 100000 in revenue. I yeah. don't know who started that. I may even be to blame for that. But it it's not true anymore because it's so much in the game has shifted. Yeah. But back then, and even to some degree today, if you have this incredible overhead, you can't justify the energy and expense. Yeah. The reason why that rule is no longer applies is it's false is because of the technology has changed. Yeah. And yep. and somewhat of the quantities and more on-demand options are open to everyone. Yeah. Well, I think it's really exciting. I know just putting my past distributor salesperson hat on when I was first getting into the business that there is nothing more frustrating and alienating to a promotional salesperson if they don't have full control over uh, over the means of production or the full, full right. control over being able to deliver a spectacular solution to their customer. Right. Um, so in many cases, uh, if it's a non store type project, if it's just a regular custom order, salesperson's got the great relationship with the supplier, the supplier produces the product and boom, they're off to the races and they've had control over that process. Right. And, and I think it's, I think it's exciting that, as you say, the technology paradigm has shifted. That's now putting the control of doing shops into the hands of a salesperson. And that's right. never existed before because right, right, right. It, it, they've always had to go or typically have had to go to their IT professional, whether that's internal or out, uh, or outsourced. And, right. and they're now putting this, uh, they're now giving up control and putting it in someone else that may have a different timeline because of all sorts of different factors that they don't have control over. I, I mean, I can understand why that exists because if you're a large, complicated global business that requires materials logistics needs sure you're you're, you're going to need some some horsepower there yeah. but as you say there are so many more opportunities that are available uh to distributor salespeople that fall into these smaller on demand yeah. quick turn beautifully designed uh shop experiences that i think that's so exciting to think about the future yeah. of of uh the, the the opportunity for salespeople right as i mentioned in the intro this is going to be sort of a, to us briefly touching on what we've done to answer this gap in the market. So yeah. there have been two needs, what the salesperson needs and then what the distributor principal owner needs. This big gap in the market, what the market needed was, that, like we said, the distributor salesperson needed this elegant, easy way to create a shop as easily as they could build a product presentation. As easily as they could just build a presentation, which, is, which would have, if you would have told me this even two or three years ago, I'd have been you're crazy. There's no way. Yeah. What the distributor principal or owner needed was the tools to empower the salespeople to take on any shop opportunity and run with it completely without the additional overhead and burden of the specialists. But also the distributor principal needed more tools so that they could build into their business that true entrepreneur's company. Right. which attracts more and more salespeople. It says, you know what, I like that tool. I want to come work for these people because they make my life easy. So you've got, you've got two, we're, we're trying to answer two demands in the marketplace. Yep. Putting, democratizing the creation and the power of being able to, to do an elegant and creative, 
fun merchandising store, putting fun, by the way, back into stores, because yeah. that's not the word you come up with when you think of stores. Yeah. And then on the other side, giving the distributor principal owner, distributor principal owner, um, more resources to build this longevity and to build this system that they can actually create yeah. more and more um, yeah. incredible salespeople out of it. So Bobby, I think there's a third dimension to this when you talk about the uh, distributor principles perspective, and it's now giving them an additional tool that they can add to their toolbox and yeah. that they can go and sell another product to end customers. So it's, right. a, it's a crude analogy, but it's like if you were a distributorship and you didn't sell apparel, you only sold hard goods. Yeah. Uh, if that was, if that was the case, you would have, uh, you'd only be semi relevant to your end customers. So this is right. now something that they completes that picture because I think a lot of distributors look at stores or look at shops and, uh, and, and will shy away from it because they say, well, I'm not the, the big distributor that can take on this business or I'm, yeah. I'm intimidated by the, the cost and complexity of going and partnering with a Magento or a, a Shopify yeah. store. Right. Um, so I'm going to shy away from that and I'm just going to do these custom orders, which is yeah. great, but there's no question that opens you up to some risk because there's other people that are out there that are prepared to do all that heavy lifting. So, right, right. um, it's exciting to think of that we're now in an environment where the technology has shifted in such a way that it's been democratized, as you say, to make yeah. it so easy to go yeah. and cater to customers in this electronic way. Right. And not only that, but stores used to be a have to, not a want to, not a get to, right? You, yeah. you, you had to do it because some customer clubbed you on the head and said, we want to do this. And you were fearful of losing the business. Therefore, you had to get involved in this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for the first time, we're seeing this become a want to. You, you can involve the creativity behind it. And moreover, so far, we've only been talking about store creation and it's just the start. So the reason why this was so important to us and why CommonSQ decided to invest in this is that today's customer demands this frictionless buying experience that we've been talking about forever. And yeah. CommonSQ has responded to the market by providing the distributor this holistic, seamless solution. It's fast, elegant, eliminates all that double, triple, quadruple data entry. So in a few mouse clicks, though, you can get from presentation to store to sales order with the supplier in an effortless workflow, fully yeah. integrated kind of way. Yeah. It's certainly very exciting uh, to acknowledge that, uh, that there's an alternative to these complex stores. Um, but hasn't this type of solution been available on the market for the last couple of years? Well, yeah. I mean, you could argue there's been simple store solutions available, even with some integration aspects. But the problem was they were typically inelegant. They bad UI, terrible user experience. In fact, they were built, they weren't really built for the user experience. They were built for the distributor yeah. and they were, they were very clunky and they, they were really only partially integrated. And in moreover, they weren't as quick and easy as, like I said, building a presentation. You still yeah. had to become somewhat of a software expert to set those up. And so this is the first time store creation has been, as I said, democratized, simplified, and streamlined for the modern buyer first. Yeah. That's the key. And then for the distributor salesperson. But ultimately, ultimately, always with the distributor principal in mind who wants to build a, a business with longevity and lots of cool tools that their team should just go out and focus on what they do best, which is selling. The problem with stores has always been it takes salespeople away from what they do best and suddenly turns them into this administrative back-end team right. themselves. And they're suddenly they're in this materials management spreadsheets and it's just, and it's an absolute chaotic mess. And it took, a, you know, just took them out of the game. 
Um, right. where, whereas opposed to, you know, it, it blows my mind. Um, and a brief shout out to Michael Armstrong, our chief, chief technology officer and his team, Brian Shauhan, Ilya and Robert for their amazing work. But it blows my mind that they have been able to comprehend this very complicated um, type of cell in our industry, the most complicated type of cell in our industry, and build something that you could actually create as simple as a presentation. I know I'm on the payroll here, but I'm, it's, it's pretty impressive. The oohs and ahs around our team as we're, we're, we're going back and forth in the development and watching all this happen has been kind of fun. Well, what I, what I think is interesting, you, you just think of your background, again, just to recap what you talked about at the beginning, Bobby, is that you, you've come from this complicated store world with large customer contracts. And I, and I think what we're definitely not saying is that that part of the business is dead or is broken right. that that right. part of the business uh, in many ways still thrives uh, i don't yeah. think it's broken i think it's really it's it's complicated it has a lot of overhead uh, you'd expect it to because of all the complicated re uh, requirements that uh, companies yeah, put sure. on companies like like robin so to be clear yeah I don't think we're throwing shade on that side of the market. What I think is interesting is how this shop mentality is now uh, has the potential to open up this massive side of the industry that has largely been untapped because a lot of distributors are nervous or they're scared of it or they didn't know that there was uh, that there were tools out there uh, yeah. to accommodate this this kind of business. You'd also said before the minimum amount of spend that I that I that an end client would have to have in order to produce a meaningful store was a hundred thousand uh, dollars in 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 store sales and up. Right well, now, I mean, it's exciting to think of a store that could do fifteen thousand dollars at forty five right. percent gross margin in two orders right. that took uh, in as much time as it takes to build a presentation to yeah, create I mean, a store. Now yeah. it empowers the customer to go and place that order with the order that goes directly into the back end of Common SKU, one right. like purchase order, and that customer did fifteen thousand dollars. Now, yeah, I mean, I, said, you know I, I need to interject. It could be a thousand or a thousand dollar order or twenty five hundred. I know we, I know that sounds crazy, but that's how yeah. simple it is. Yeah. Well, and 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 so imagine had. I bumped into you five years ago and I said, Hey, Bobby, what do you think about a store that does a thousand dollars a year? <laughs> you, right. you, you would, you would pass out laughing because yeah. you'd say, yeah, I can't tell you how much money I would have lost. I've already lost money yeah. listening to that question. If you would have right? said $20,000, I would have been, that would have been like, no, absolutely not. No way. All right, so so let's get into this real quick. We have three different types of shops. Notice we call these shops and not stores. We recognize that there's a distinction in the marketplace like we've been talking about here for these two yeah. different type of models to exist. All we're trying to say is we're trying to respond to the majority of the market versus the, the smaller percentage of the market that required the specialists in materials management. Over here, we want to focus on those that are great at creative merchandising and, and that just need an easy solution for that. So we have three types of shops, the company shop, the pop-up shop, and the marketing shop. Company shop, This is these shops are for a single company featuring products can be produced with supplier minimums and shipped to one location. See, organizations and customers love these types of stores because it's a no contract option. They retain complete control over the brand and a select group of products is offered. You know, it's a perfect mix between control and no obligation. And it's just so easy to set up. And this is something we always leave out, attract other buyers within the organization. So that's company shop. Uh, the pop-up shop, 
This shop allows you to set like a special price and then aggregate single quantity orders from individuals so that you can combine them into one order to meet supplier minimums. Right. So if you think of an example in that particular case, what like what what what, what would that be? Pop-up shop with shops what's going to happen is the the market is going to show us many more ways than we're familiar with, but I've seen tons in my experience. So we, you have employee apparel programs. Uh, so employees can order shirts and sizes. And that's, that was one of the number one requests people come to us for. They would say, Hey, ordering this apparel for all my employees is a pain in the ass. I don't need a full store. They would literally say this. I don't need a full store yet, but we got to start somewhere. And that's yeah. where we would get a lot of our, our programs from. And, and frankly, that's all they needed was an easy apparel ordering program. So camp programs, school programs, safety or incentive shops. Like I said, this, it's celebration gifts, incentive programs. Um, so that's the kind of pop-up shop. And the fact that you can aggregate these into one single order and then you're just mouse clicks away from presentation, company store, sales order to produ production is just kind of astounding. Uh, and then finally, we have the marketing shop. Now, this is really for a shop for you to put as a distributor on your own page. It's meant to sort of attract new business. It's a great way to, to highlight, spark ideas for your clients, uh, highlight ideas. The cool thing is you can go in you know, Comsky already has these collections you can build. You can easily go inside a collection and just quickly add some of these products over into your marketing shop. So let's say you have your top 20 suppliers or you've just met this cool new supplier like Ray that has this really cool product that you want to go add to your shop. You're just That's a couple Ray of with refresh glass, right? Ray with refresh glass, right. You, you go over to Ray, you go over there and you, you get a couple of Ray's glasses, you pop those into your couple of mouse clicks and you've added those to your marketing shop and you're 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 done. Yeah. Um, you you embed, embed this on your website. Um, it, it's just, it's really the marketing shop is for the distributor. So those are the three types again. Uh, we've yeah. got comp the, the company shop, the pop-up shop and the marketing shop. Yeah. I mean, I think I, what I think is so cool about the marketing shop is, you know, you, you've got all these uh, distributors and every January they, they descend upon Las Vegas for PPAI Expo and think about how many of them are already taking notes and recording all the interesting, new, exciting products that, that are out there. Um, and now that, as opposed to that being an email with a bunch of links like, Hey, or a, a newsletter with a bunch of links that showcases all the new products that they see that they saw at the expo, they can yeah. spin up a quick marketing shop, right. send that out to all their customers in an email newsletter. Um, they could also just put it up on their site and now they're sharing the top 40 products or whatever it was that they found at expo that every one of their customers should know about. Right. Um, it's such an, it, it's such an exciting prospect because not only does that educate the customer but think about how many of those customers would look at that and say i want to order that product they can do that right then and there yeah and the distributor hasn't done any work other than to set up the store yeah set up the shop right so there have been a couple of things for this development that's kind of blown my mind with my, my background and, and the the last thing that we need to talk about and this is new i don't know that this has been done yet in the industry is the pricing model for this so we decided to price this so for common customers you don't pay any setup fees. You only pay when the merchandise is sold. Yep. So you pay two and a half percent of the merchandise is that is sold. Now, here's what I love about this. This is kind of wild. There are a lot of stores that are built for customers in this industry that do nothing. So a lot of the company store providers that have the platforms, they know well, they don't, they, the best ones don't want to build shell shops, but really there are a lot of shell shops out there. Yep. These, these stores yield little to no sales and return the distributor nothing. Mark, when we built them, we built the ego stores for customers because we all wanted to believe that if we just built it, they would come and you would be astounded at the large brands that are building stores that don't do shit. 
Yeah. Um, it's an it's amazing number. So we knew we needed to do something different. This is CG's brilliance, actually. That's, by the way, it's Catherine Graham, if you don't know our little nomenclature there. CG's brilliance. Uh, a, a store, let's price this at 2.5%. Now, I know that percentages can seem misleading. They're not. We're just afraid of a percentage because it seems less fixed. But here's the reality. Let's break this down real quick since we're on radio and people are probably driving. And um, A $5,000 shop will cost you $125. Now, keep in mind, this is only when you sell merchandise. Yep. So you're getting your money. You're not, you're not paying for a lot of stores that do nothing. You're not investing yourself into shell stores that don't, that don't move or don't excite the audience. It, you think about that 2.5%. It's a $1,000 opportunity. It's a $25 shop. At $2,500, it's a $63 shop. $10,000, it's a $250 shop. $20,000, $500. I sound like a, I sound like one of those um, Oklahoma, what do you call them? Uh, yeah, you're like auctioneers. Uh, like, like auctioneers. Late night, uh, late night advertising. <laughs> I do. I got to tone that down a little bit. Well, you got to got to give me a little, you got to give me a little credit here because oh, I, I'm kind it. of excited about it a little bit. I, um, I, I, I yeah. love it. Okay. And so, and so when you, you know, think about a hundred thousand dollar opportunity is $2,500. And the thing is you don't pay for it unless it sells. And that's, what's kind of unheard of. When I, when we first started talking about this, you know, Catherine will remember, I was like, Oh man, I don't, I, I don't know. You know, this is, this is so wild and out there, but here's what I love about it. What I love about it is that it's the conviction that we're in the business to help distributors become successful and sell merchandise and, and sell more. Yep. And this is sort of a, a, a component that just backs up that mission and that philosophy and those values. We want to yep. help people be successful. If we wanted to create a system that just built shell stores, we would have charged for every store creation and yep. honestly just made money whether or not you made money. We would have yep. made money when you touched it. So yep. the, the pricing is kind of another, another new paradigm, if you will. Yeah. Well, I think we wanted to we we wanted to create an environment where distributors were not scared to create these shops. Right. Because in 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 some other models, you're paying per store regardless if it does any sales. Right. So we we wanted to remove that friction to be able to empower a distributor to create the shop, to allow them to share it with a customer and say, here are all the benefits for it, but no, yeah. they weren't paying a dime until there was a transaction. So what I think is exciting about that, about the cost model is that it's very transparent. Um, it's only on the, on a, on a sale, uh, a distributor can choose to build that into their pricing margin if they wish. Yeah. Um, and what's also neat about it is that there is the opportunity to, uh, to check out by credit card. Of course, if you're checking out by credit card with our card, uh, card connect or Stripe integration, there yeah. is the credit card fee on top of that uh that is that that's a credit card fee sure you wanted not to pay that credit card fee you could check out and have the customer pay by invoice and that's also unique as well so that way you'd just be limiting yourself to just that straight two and a half percent and so it allows for the distributor to understand what those costs are up front so they can build that into their cost to maintain their margin. And they can also save on credit card fees if they wish to put their uh, customer on invoicing terms, uh, totally up to them. And I think that that's that's kind of exciting because we don't want to uh, surprise anyone with any fees, but we also don't want to have a distributor be nervous to create that shop and put it in front of their customer because we think that as many customers should see this because it's so easy to create and it's such a compelling part of the distributor's uh, salesperson's toolkit. Yep, absolutely. 
We promise to make this brief. So if you want to check it out, go over to commonskew.com slash shops where you can learn a little bit more about it. Give us a call, email us, contact us. We'd love to talk with you more about it. Mark, this is pretty exciting. You can imagine in my shoes, seeing something like this coming around is, is pretty cool. And, and you're a tough guy to impress. Um, <laughs> and, and, and particularly when it comes to something that was near and dear to your heart for the last right. 25 years in your past distributor life. And I remember at first, you know, you really did put us through uh, the paces in terms of asking really tough questions and ensuring that we had covered all the different, uh, you know, different elements of it, but, uh, it's exciting and it's a rare day when you can impress Bobby Lee. Uh, well, let me add this too, though. What, what I'm also really excited about, um, is that, you know, that, uh, commons Q, the team does not just sit, develop and, and sunset things, right? They just, there's a, there's a constant iteration going on, uh, with the team, constant improvements. So we're just getting started. That's what's actually the most exciting part about it. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think that with everything, I don't think that we ever view anything as uh, fully complete. I think that everything right. is is always being iterated upon. I know we always love listening to feedback that we get from our customers in terms of uh, things that could be improved or maybe additional dimensions to the software experience that we haven't thought yeah. about. Yeah. Um, and and that's that that's uh, not only applies to the shops feature, but applies to everything that we do. It's it's. Uh, uh, very, very exciting to continue to evolve. And, and that's what I, I think uh, modern software is all about. Yep. Very cool. All right, Mark. Thanks, man. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of SKUcast. Be sure to keep up with our latest content by subscribing to SKUcast on iTunes or to our blog at community.commonskew.com. Until next time, friends. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you.